welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 140th episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. You first heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, 31, 32, 34, 35, 43, 48, 51, 56, 64, 74, 83, 92, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, 111, 114, 115, 116, 119, 126, 127, 133, 137, and episode 82, also featuring fellow regular guest Ash Burgess of the podcast. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now, on to the show. Pretty late over here, but yeah, it's okay. I've got a three-day weekend I'm enjoying here. Cool, cool. Yeah, happy Easter. I know you don't uh, celebrate, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's uh, been some uh, holiday event modes in certain video games that I play, so I've... uh been enjoying those in the, in the spirit cel- of the season <laughs> celebrating <laughs> your own way <laughs> yeah i picked up a colorful egg while i was killing zombies earlier oh wow yeah jesus would have loved that <laughs> <laughs> something about the resurrection right mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> okay so we've got the we got the muller report here now some of it yeah or most of it yeah i'm not sure <laughs> yeah yeah it i do think i think is it jerry nadler is like subpoenaing subpoenaing the department of justice to get the unredacted version delivered to congress but mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that's you know obviously still necessary but i you know it seems like there's a lot there uh you know they say they're about 450 pages or something and it's mm-hmm. i don't know obviously somebody should know the whole story I didn't read the thing. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I've been kind of absorbing the the takeaways from it, so I don't know how. What, what's your been? What's been your experience with it so far? Well, let's see. So I watched the press conference with Barr, and yeah, uh, yeah that's, that was pretty much my reaction. And uh, pretty disappointed in Rod Rosenstein there, looking like he was blinking for help with his eyes behind him. Uh, I. You know, honestly, I had more faith in Rosenstein before all this, but now I'm just like, what are you still doing there? Like, what are you doing here? Like, he's totally lost a lot of credibility in my eyes. But yeah, Barr did what we all knew he would do. He lied. He spun. He obfuscated. Uh, It was pretty funny at the end when somebody asked him like a tough question about why he was acting like the president's defense attorney. And he just kind of was like, "Eh, all right. And then the the press conference over. Propriety for you to come out and sort of what appears to be sort of spinning the report the before question. public the public gets a chance to read it. Okay, thank, thank you very much. Thank you. But yeah, that we all knew he was going to do that. And then there's parts that are redacted. There's different classifications of why they're redacted. Some of them are harm to ongoing matter, which means, I guess, if somebody's being prosecuted or there's an ongoing case or investigation. Um, but then there was a reputational one, but I don't know if they actually used that one. 
which that would have been ridiculous because that's like, come on, like what? There's no justification for that. And then the grand jury one I've heard is is bogus too because it seems like if Mueller put it in there, he would already have cleared it with the grand jury. I don't think he would have put anything in the report that would have compromised anything from the grand jury. Or, or if Barr wanted to let it go, he could have gone back to the grand jury. So, but that one's a little ridiculous. But I've uh, I've read the introduction. I've I've read some of the other parts. I've skimmed it. I have not. You know, it's only been like what two days now since it's been out. Uh, I haven't gotten to read the entire 450-page uh, monstrosity here. But I mean, a lot of it we already knew from other sources, and it, it, you yeah. know, especially the you know Russian meddling, we'd already heard a lot of that from you know uh, reporting that we'd seen. I think the obstruction part's more interesting, honestly, just because there's a lot more new stuff in there, but. Yeah, I've just been listening to kind of the the takeaways. So. Yeah, I, I this was definitely something I was sort of worried about that, you know, the thing was going to come out and it was just, I mean, people were going to be inured to it or, you know, we were going to have heard so many of these things or things similar to them from different sources up until now. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, partially true. Uh, I don't know. It's... Uh, I'm frustrated. I don't know why. I mean, you know, one interpretation, I mean, I, I, that, where to begin? It's, uh, we, we look back at, you know, what the founding fathers meant when they set up the country and we have to do a lot of interpreting with that, right? It's like, we, we don't know exactly what they meant. They were using language that is not, you know, in the parlance of our times to reference mm-hmm. the, the big Lebowski. But, um, but I feel like we shouldn't be having to like kind of read the tea leaves with Miller's report here in 2019. Right. And it seems mm-hmm. like that's what we're having to do. It was like, does he want Congress to investigate? Does he want to, you know, does he want to, uh, 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 impeachment or, you know, not impeachment, but indictment, or does he want, you know, what, what is he, you know, we, we have to kind of guess what he actually, what Mueller actually wanted people to do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then there's all these articles about, oh, well, William Barr and him were friends and, oh, he thought his friend was not going to do the bad thing to him, but it looks <laughs> like William Barr did. And it's like, who could have seen this coming? <laughs> yeah, they they need somebody needs to sit Mueller's ass down in a chair in public on TV and ask him, what the hell were you thinking? I mean, what do you want to be done? You're you know, mm-hmm. if you're relying on the Congress to do its job, you haven't been paying attention for the past several years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had a job to do here, which is to make sure, you know, basically justice is done uh nobody's above the law which are and these are the things that he mentions in his report Mm -hmm. and you uniquely had access to evidence that nobody else in america has and for you to throw up your hands at the end of it and say well you know and then there's just so many different layers of uh you know what was he considering well he can't you can't indict a sitting president is what the, the department of justice says and he wanted to follow that rule and it's like Okay, then what were you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's like why were you why did why even start if you're not going to do something if you're not going to? Uh, I don't know. It's just like there's so much stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I sound stupid, but it's just like there's so many different things. Like 
we talked last time about why did you why did you give uh, you know immunity to all these people if you weren't working your way up the chain mm-hmm. if it wasn't building to something bigger. That's what it looked like the whole time. It looked like a mob roll-up, you know, like you get the lowest hanging fruit, you get them to flip on the people above them until you get to the top. That's how it works. And this is obviously a criminal enterprise. So why why don't you why'd you stop halfway through? You know, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's and it's like with Nancy Pelosi saying basically that, you know, we're not gonna in, impeach anybody, we're not gonna, you know, do anything mm-hmm. about it. It's just and there was somebody else, I forget, one of the other people on in Congress who was saying they weren't going to do anything about it. And it's just like the majority leader, whoever that is, I forget his name. But, yeah, he said something similar to that. Although a shout out to Julian Castro and Elizabeth Warren. They both said that they should go forward with impeachment. So at least to their credit. So, yeah, I, I did hear that for Elizabeth Warren. I, you know, think it's a great thing that she said. I didn't hear mm-hmm. about Castro, but. Joining us now is Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, who, as of tonight, is calling for the impeachment of the president. Um, Senator, thank you very much uh, for being here. I really appreciate your time. I know you made time for us on short notice. Yeah, it's good to be here. So you are the first Democratic presidential candidate who is calling for the start of impeachment proceedings. Other Democrats have been saying it's not worth the political cost, it's not worth the civic cost, or, or it's, it's arguably just too soon. What made you decide to take this step today? Well, I read the report. Uh, I was on an airplane yesterday and started reading it, read it way into the night last night, and I got to the end and realized this is about a point of principle. Uh, the report is absolutely clear that a foreign government attacked our electoral system to help Donald Trump. He welcomed that help. And then when it was investigated by our own federal authorities, Donald Trump took multiple steps to try to obstruct justice. You know, this is one of those moments when I get it, that there are people who think politically, no, it's going to be too hard to do this. This isn't about politics. This isn't even specifically about Donald Trump himself. It is about what a president of the United States should be able to do and what the role of Congress is in saying, no, a president does not get to come in and stop an investigation about a foreign power that attacked this country or an investigation about his own wrongdoing. Equal justice under law. No one is above the law, and that includes the President of the United States. It is the constitutional responsibility of Congress to follow through on that. If you had a crystal ball and could see into the future, and you could see that if the argument that you're making carried the day in the House, and impeachment proceedings began in the House, it was an investigation in the Justice in the Judiciary Committee, they referred articles of uh, impeachment to the House, the House voted essentially to indict the President, and then the Senate didn't act, or the Senate voted and decided that the President should not be removed from office on the, base of the basis of those articles of impeachment. If you could see into the future, and that's how it would go. The House says yes, Senate says no. Would you still think that it was the right thing to do for the country and that it was a worthy use of resources and time? Yes, I would. I think that each person has to stand up and be counted in a democracy. I think that's why we're elected to the House and to the Senate. And there are times when it's beyond politics, when it is a point of principle to stand up and say no president can do this because it matters not just for this president, 
It matters for the next president and the president after that and the president after that. You know, I get it. In dictatorships, the government coalesces around the one person in the middle and does everything to protect that one person. But that's not where we live. We live in a democracy and it is controlled by a constitution. And the way we make that democracy work is with checks and balances. And a president who says, I don't have to follow the law and nobody can touch me on criminal acts, uh, that's not right. The constitution says that the House and the Senate can do this. And I, look, this is not something I want to do. That's not the point. It's a point of principle, and every member of the House and every member of the Senate should be called on to vote. Do you believe that that constitutes an impeachable offense? I do believe that the evidence is just overwhelming that Donald Trump has committed these offenses, and that means we should open proceedings in the House, and then the House can take a vote. Senator, I feel like I've been following your um, campaign closely enough that I feel somewhat confident in saying that you didn't plan to be calling for Donald Trump's impeachment in the middle of your presidential campaign. It's not the no. it's not the style that you've been um, that that you've taken to this campaign thus far. It's not it's it's not the sort of thing that you seem to be building around. Um, but I take you at your word that you were struck by reading the report and that you were moved by the evidence. I will tell you. I haven't thought much about impeachment at all. Um, I've been watching the Democrats in the House, for one, say that uh, the ones in leadership positions who would have a say over this sort of thing, saying, no, 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 they don't want to do it, either never or not anytime soon. When I read the report, the one thing I made sure to watch on TV, I took a break to watch, was to see what Jerry Nadler would say, because I had read enough of the report that day, but that by the time he was speaking, I was a thousand percent sure that what he was doing was getting in front of the cameras to announce that he was opening an impeachment inquiry. And I would not have expected that before reading the report myself. Because of what I experienced, because of what you're saying you just experienced, I wonder if you think that more of your colleagues than people are expecting might come around to this, that this report might have actually jarred something significantly loose uh, compared to how people felt about this issue before. You know, I, I think that's a good point, and it very well may have. You know, I, I hope everybody in Congress actually reads the report. I think it's important. But it's exactly where you started this question. You know, this isn't what I had planned to do. I, I got into the race for president because of my life's work about what's happening to working families across this country and how it is that the road is getting rockier and steeper for working families. We have a government that works better and better for those at the top and worse and worse for everyone else, particularly for families of color. I got in it to be able to talk about things like a wealth tax and universal childcare and universal pre-K and student loan debt. And all those things are there at ElizabethWarren.com. And I hope lots of people will go and look at them and volunteer and be part of that campaign. But we're not an America that can be politics all the time. It can't be a race all the time. There come moments that are serious enough and what's happened that we have to stop, take a deep breath, and be willing to say, that's wrong. And I'll stand up and say so, and I hope a lot of other people will too. Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat of Massachusetts, candidate for president in 2020. Senator, I know your time is at a premium in the heat of this campaign. Thank you for making time to explain this to us tonight. Much appreciated. Thank you. All right.
you know, I've heard, I think, Talib and, you know. And when your son looks at you and says, Mama, look, you won, bullies don't win. And I said, baby, they don't, because we're going to go in there, we're going to impeach the motherfucker. AOC and... uh... Mm -hmm. You could reach in a bag and pull so many things out that are impeachable of this president. I support impeaching this president. Um, well, your your colleague, uh, uh, Congresswoman Taib, is she's introduced a resolution mm-hmm, to impeach. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you signed on? Are you we, signing on? We we hadn't signed on um, when it was first introduced, but we probably will. You know, I'm, I'm, you, we'll, you think, we'll take we, a look into you, it. You think you will? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's just so many things. Well, from, what would be your top three? If you were writing the, if you were drafting the articles the, of impeachment the for the three. president, what would be Article One, Two, and Three? Well, I think number one is emoluments. Mm-hmm. I think it's always been emoluments. I think it's always been about that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, two and three. Two and three. Um, I think two would be uh, tax fraud, mm-hmm. and number three. Um, Man, I mean, number three, if there's an investigation on this, I think this is pretty potent. Interesting that you don't mention Russia in the top. No, no, I don't. Because because I think that um, I think that for a lot of aspects of the Russia investigation, as we saw with the Mueller report, is that a I think there are a lot of parts to the to the Russia issue that comes down to emoluments. It comes down to pay-for-play, financial transactions, Trump Tower, it, it comes down to money. Um, and if if we had gotten something from the Mueller report, then I then I, I would probably put that up there as number one. But um, I feel like it's, it's a little risky to put the entire grounds of impeachment, put all your eggs in that basket. Um, and when I think that a lot of this stuff happens through backdoor, bank accounts and and things like that. Um, so I think emoluments kind of includes any any misconduct, financial misconduct uh, and, in relation to Russia. And specifically on tax fraud, uh, what do you have in mind? Is it is there something specific like the uh, de- deflating assets to the insurance yeah. issue? Those issues that you brought up, I think, in, in uh, when you were questioning Michael Cohen. Yeah, I agree. I think it uh, it comes to that. I mean, there's just there's just so much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me ask like you. Like the census. Several people have come out in, in favor of it. You know, predictably from the younger, newer, uh, more farther left wing part of the party. But I think what what Democrats aren't getting is that if you won't stand up for something, you don't, you're not going to have a party and you're not going to have a country much longer, you know? It's like, if, if you want to play the safe political bet going into 2020, you, you know, the party's just not going to have any respect. It's not going to have any respect from people within the party like us. It's never going to have any respect from the Republicans. Uh, and it's, you're just not going to turn out voters. I mean, Mm -hmm. like we want you to do something. We fucking voted to have you hold these motherfuckers accountable in 2018. And you're like, oh, well, you know, we're just gonna, you know, we're going to wait for the American people to have their voice heard in 2020. It's like, 
there's no guarantee that that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, God bless her. Hillary won the vote by three million votes nationally with, you know, Russia interfering. Trump's not going to do it. He's not going to lift a finger to stop Russian interference in 2020. Mm-hmm. Voter suppression's out of control. Uh, there's no guarantee, you know, the statute of limitations on a whole bunch of his crimes, you know, things that are listed as possibly being crimes in the report that could be prosecuted, as Mueller suggests, after he leaves office. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things come up in, I think, 2022. If he gets a second term, he'll be out in 2024. If he leaves at all, but yes, <laughs> exactly. It's like, yeah. he's, all the more reason to never leave office. It's like, am I going to leave office and go to jail, or am I gonna, just going to keep being in power? Hmm, tough decision, me. <laughs> I'm just going to probably stay in office then. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I never bought the idea. I don't buy the idea that he's going to stay past eight years. I mean, I don't think the man's going to survive much past eight years just in his, you know, his frail physical form. So I don't know. He's a specimen. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I do think like, you know, he's going to, he and his people are going to be hyper motivated to win in 20, 2020 because mm-hmm. they can run out the, you know, the statute of limitations on these things. Yep. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just maddening to look back on this stuff going all the way back to Nixon, at least just, you know, some of the same people popping up, you know, uh, you know, the Iran Contra stuff, mm-hmm. all, all this stuff, seeing these same people, a bunch of criminals on the Republican side popping up in history again and again. And because the previous generation or two didn't hold them accountable legally when they should have. You know, generation and generation of Americans have to deal with these maniacs getting anywhere near power. Mm-hmm. And so that's why when people like Nancy Pelosi are talking about, oh, well, we're not really, you know, we'll hold them accountable at the ballot box. How about that? It's like, that's not fucking good enough. And that's not a solution. And that's not, you know, I don't know. That's not a guarantee that our country is going to. I don't know. It's. Mm-hmm. It's uh... well on the upside, though, I think uh, Adam Schiff has uh, subpoenaed Mueller, but I don't think he should have to subpoena Mueller. I think it was pretty telling that Mueller wasn't there at Barr's press conference. Like, this is his report. Why isn't the guy there? I mean, I get from Barr's perspective because he wants to do his spin. But what's what about Mueller? You know, why is he so silent? Doesn't he see the threat? You know, doesn't he see how his words are being twisted? And, like, he's leaving this for Congress because uh, he says it's not his place to make a determination. Well, it's not William Barr's place either, is it? You know, just because he's your boss, you know, and he's in the Department of Justice, too. So I feel like he's just as incapable. Of, if you think you're incapable of making this call, he's incapable of making it, too. And trusting that Congress is going to pick up the ball instead of him mm-hmm. is just ludicrous. Like, yeah. of course, he's, if he has the chance, of course, he's going to step in there and do what he was hired to do. Because the only reason he has the job is to do what he's doing right now. It's become painfully obvious. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's the other thing is, you know, we had said, you know, at the beginning of his presidency, the guy's going to run like a dictator. He's going to he's going to be a tyrant. Mm-hmm. And part of that is, you know, slowly breaking down the different, you know, parts of government or society that would naturally be checks on him or be opposed to him or be independent from him. And that's exactly what we're seeing with the justice department right now. Mm -hmm. You know, 
Republicans made such a huge deal about what was it? Eric Holder was that Obama's mm-hmm. DOJ guy, and that oh oh he's his, like he's his personal lawyer. You know, we thought they were complaining. No, they were jealous. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> they wanted right. to have their own Republican president with his own like loyal lackey, you know, DOJ head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now they got it. And you know, hypocrisy doesn't matter anymore. So whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. just uh, this is you know this is this is the failure of one of the institutions that should be holding this guy accountable. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. we're watching right now. Yeah. And so, and I, I don't think we can speculate too much about what Mueller wants or what his thought process is. The guy, you know, part of his thing is that he doesn't talk. He doesn't talk to the press. He doesn't give press conferences. He doesn't go out and talk about anything. That's, you know, that may be as much of a personal stylistic choice as a, you know, thing that he feels he has to do to protect the government. But I don't know. It's a. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, we don't know what he wanted, you know. But he Maybe shouldn't parts have made, of it can be gleaned. Yeah, but he shouldn't leave it to like so opaque. Like he should have just come out and said if he meant certain things, he should have come out and said them. He shouldn't have relied on the good faith or the goodwill of other people around the situation, especially since he's been investigating these people for two years. Come on, these people have no honor. They have no scruples. They'll if you give them the slightest opening, they'll take it. You know, this should have been obvious from the beginning that that's what's going to happen. It's like, yeah, it might not be a crime, but they'll do it. They'll try it. They'll test the limits, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and I don't know. I, I feel like um, I haven't – one thing I haven't seen, and again, I haven't read the report, but I haven't seen anything about the Alpha Bank server, which is one thing I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, like we've said before, the – you know, Russia, if you're listening speech with apparently we learned from this thing that five hours after that speech yep. is when Russia started hacking. Yeah, you know, it's again, I mean, like the, the Russia collusion. Why are we talking about Russia collusion to Don, mm-hmm. Donald Trump? Why are we talking about Russia collusion? Like he might say, but that's the question. Like, why are we talking about Russian collusion? We're not talking about, you know, we're not talking about like I was going to say Saudi Arabia, but actually we kind of are. Why are we talking? We're not talking about, well, Chinese. We actually are <laughs> through. Uh, never mind. I, I'm just saying, like, the, the number of hits with Russia is what's mm-hmm. abnormal. <laughs> and, you know, Republicans can, you know, they can go on and on about, oh, you can't prove collusion. It proves him innocent. See, see, he didn't do anything wrong. He never did anything. It's like, why do you think there were so many um, connections with Russia? Why do you think he wants meetings with Putin and with oligarchs and stuff in the White House with no Americans present, with no records kept? Why do you think he, like, goes out of his way to switch seats and play like footsie with Putin at these international events, you know, pissing off other people he's supposed to be sitting with? Uh, why, you know, he had this, you know, the Trump Tower Moscow deal. Mm-hmm. What the hell do you think was going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like. It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's collusion in all but name only. I mean, you could pretty much say it's just right. like something well, was going on there. <laughs> you, you, I mean, right. Yeah. Well, I, well I, one point about collusion, and we should probably address that word because it, I, from the part I did read in the introduction, that's not a term that they were concerned with in the investigation. They're concerned with conspiracy. Con- uh, I believe the thing they said in the introduction was 
uh, it's not a legal term of art and it's not a chargeable crime. So they weren't even looking at collusion. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like gaslighting for him to be like, no collusion, no coll-. Well, nobody was looking at collusion. That's not a crime. Yeah. That's not what we're looking at. We're looking at conspiracy. And there's absolutely evidence of conspiracy. And, you know, but for the yeah. fact that you can't charge a sitting president, we wouldn't be talking about this, you know? Yeah. So. I mean... Yeah, I mean, the Eric Prince thing in the Seychelles, mm-hmm. whatever, he goes over there, he meets somebody. They just both happen to be on this island in, like, the Indian Ocean or something at a bar having a beer. And, oh, oh, what Goodness a fortuitous gracious. meeting. Wow. Of all so the weird. places in the world, of all the gin joints in the world. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, just surrounding himself with people who were, you know, I mean, connected in so many ways to Russia. Like, uh, you know, Manafort with his stuff with Ukraine and Russia, the, mm-hmm. you know, those, uh, that pops, the Russian pop star and his father or whatever. Uh, um, Aguilarov. Yeah. I mean, this, what's that clown, the bald guy who, Carter Page, what was, <laughs> I mean, go. what was this guy who was already compromised by the Russians? It seems like, what was he doing anywhere near this campaign? Mm-hmm. Where, whose idea was it to put all these people in the campaign? The mm-hmm. meetings, like. I don't know. It's like, um, there's, you know, you know, saying that Donald Trump didn't, didn't, uh, conspire with the Russians is like saying that, you know, legally OJ Simpson didn't murder his wife and Ron Goldman. Right. (laughs) It's like, yes, legally it's technically correct, but everybody knows it. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a it's a distinction that uh, doesn't carry much weight. Mm-hmm. Kind of mixed metaphors there, as and that's that's as far as the conspiracy. We talk about the you know. We talk about obstruction. What the hell has Donald Trump been doing for the past two years, if not obstructing this thing or attempting to obstruct it? And I'm sorry, but the fact that your your lackeys have the wherewithal not to follow every single one of your most stupid ideas doesn't mean that you as the president, the most powerful person in the world, yeah. didn't give the orders. Yeah, that's the most You give galling. the orders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I tell you to go kill somebody and you don't do it, am I going to go to jail if the police find out that I ordered it and I paid for it or some shit? Of course, because yeah. the intent was there. The, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once, that's once, the most ga- yeah, that's the most galling once, part. Yeah. It's like if Nixon had just had people around him who didn't carry out his stupid orders, then he wouldn't have been impeached or whatever. It's like the, that's that's a, a ridiculous thing. But it's like if you just had some more compliant people around him, it would have been. Yeah, it would have would have been a crime like that doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. And and the, and that's the other frustrating thing is like these people have been telling us, oh, we're there. We're the you know, we're the safeguards. We're the responsible, smart people who are there to, you know, temper his worser impulses it's like i I always thought that was bullshit now it's like yeah motherfuckers if you people had been replaced with people who had actually done what he wanted Mm -hmm. maybe we could have impeached the guy by now but because you guys you know oh you did some of the stuff but you didn't do it all and oh he's an idiot so you don't actually have to follow his orders and he'll forget about the orders anyways but we like Um, the tax cuts and the deregulation (laughs) chuff yeah the, you know, every the thing is, things have a reaction. And if mm-hmm. the uh, Democratic Party ever grows a spine, 
there will be consequences for this. Mm-hmm. And those consequences are not going to be pleasant for anybody. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my prediction, mm-hmm. if, if it goes that way. Mm-hmm. So you can enjoy it while you want, as long as you can. But, uh, yeah, you, you, deep down, Republicans know that, that you can't rule like this, you can't govern like this and not expect some reaction. Mm-hmm. So uh, they can enjoy it while they can, but it's not gonna, Trump's not going to live forever. You know, this presidency is going to end one day. And, uh, and I hope to God we have Republic, or Democrats with a spine who can do what has to be done with these people. And not just forgive and forget and, oh, let's move forward. Let's look to the future. Let's reach across the aisle. All this bullshit. Yeah. No, there has to be a reckoning for this shit. Yeah. I also don't buy that Don Jr. was too stupid to charge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I think he's not very smart, but come on. Like, if you look at the details of that meeting, it's like he knew what was up. Like, it's not like he was that dim you know he knew he knew that what this was a uh you know campaign finance or whatever violation he knew that this was a thing of value that's why he wasn't going to talk about adoptions that's you know ridiculous and if you thought it was so innocent why'd he lie about it for so long until it was like painfully obvious he couldn't anymore yeah yeah it's uh you know as as we were all told as children ignorance of the law is not an excuse Mm -hmm. unless you know Unless you're in the upper part of this two-tier justice system that America continues to have, uh, apparently, which, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's you know, ignorance of the law. It's, it's, it's either if he was too stupid to know what campaign finance violations were, you know, what – this isn't a campaign finance violation. Well, I don't know. I, it, I'm not a lawyer, Okay. <laughs> Whether he was being provided something of value for the campaign from a foreign adversary, I don't know if you want to classify that as a treason or a campaign finance violation or, you know, it's a little bit more than a technical violation, I think. Oh, yeah. But it's like if you want to if you if you're on the campaign and you don't know not to do this stuff, then, you know, if so facto, if I'm using that correctly, you shouldn't be on the campaign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're either a criminal or you're incompetent and, and a criminal. It's like, there's, you, you know, it, you can't have it both ways. Like the guy, I don't know. I, I can barely speak at this point. It's such bullshit, but it's <laughs> well, like, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> he had no business being there, but he was there and he committed a crime because he wasn't supposed to be there. And now they're saying he can't be prosecuted for the crime because he didn't know, which he shouldn't have been there. <laughs> it, it's it's a circle you know mm-hmm. time is a flat circle bob as uh as yep. that one tv show told us yep. right Andy McConaughey. Like, right the stupidity of the trump children is a flat circle <laughs> <laughs> exactly well i think the most telling quote i've heard from the whole report is from page 290 and if everyone wants to turn to page 290 in the, re- in the report um when uh, trump was told about the appointment of Mueller. He said, oh, my God, this is terrible. This is the end of my presidency. I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. does that tell you about the, what this guy knows that he's done? <laughs> Knowledge of guilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it doesn't like he sound knows like he's... an innocent person to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. 
And, and, guess, you know, and guess what? When we have Michael Cohen getting, uh, you know, sentenced, we have Individual One, who is him, obviously, being an unindicted co-conspirator. So there was crimes. <laughs> he knew about them. So I don't even buy the thing where it's like, well, there's no underlying crime. It's like, yes, there was. We've already established that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's bizarre. It's maddening. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's... Uh, and frankly, I've been very frustrated in the in the couple of days since the report's gone public. I've seen a lot of people going after, you know, going after various people. They're going after Barr. They're going after, you know, Sarah Huckabee Sanders or whatever. And these are all scummy people who should be gone after. But I just feel like there's a certain impotence in going after these people because you can't go after the real big fish. That they're like, oh, well, you need to throw us some sacrificial lamb. So we're going to, you know, we're going to call for oh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders has been proven to be a liar now. What? And Sarah so Huckabee Sanders lied? <laughs> yeah. It's like she needs to step down. We she has lost the trust of the press corps. Yes, oh, right. This is the toity. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and I just feel like, you know, it, it's, it's disgraceful for these people to be, uh, you know going for scraps like this this is not you know we want the whole meal right we want you know we want the whole enchilada here we don't want bits and pieces don't throw us any bones here mm-hmm. you know this guy needs to be gone it's uh it's a clown show uh i don't know what did you think about i don't know i felt like there was a lot of you know, before, after he had finished the thing and after Barr summarized the report about a month ago, I guess, or something, it feels like that. I Time has lost all meaning. Yeah. It's a flat circle, as we said. Indeed. <laughs> um, in that time, like, there was a lot of back and forth between people on the left, far left, I guess, and people in the moderate wing of the Republic or the Democratic Party. Um, I feel like about the, the misplaced trust in... Mueller, right? And we had like people like uh, I don't know Glenn Greenwald, for example, on the far left, going after people like Rachel Maddow for you know just for several years, putting so much faith in in Mueller. And I don't know. I, I, I I'm trying to remember where we even were in that spectrum up to that point. Mm-hmm. I felt like the attacks on the the moderate Democrats were perhaps excessive uh i don't know i but I, at the same time i think we had said don't wait for miller's report just impeach the motherfucker already because he's obviously done things wrong he's obviously incompetent he's obviously a criminal and he doesn't belong in the presidency so don't mm-hmm. wait for the report let the report take its time or whatever but but i do feel like there was this this kind of internecine internecine i forget how to pronounce you had, you had that it right word. the first time you had it right the first time Internecine fighting between mm-hmm. edit and post Bob, as always. We never yeah, do. <laughs> <laughs> we do sometimes when it's particularly egregious. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when you make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, right. I leave all yours in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they always work out. But, um, I, yeah, I just felt like there was this internecine fighting between, you know, these two parts of the Democratic Party and stuff. And it's like, I don't know. What What's your take on all that? I mean, um, Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, I had more faith in Mueller than maybe I should have. Uh, it's just based on what I had seen, uh, you know, before this came out and before what I saw him allow other people to say about his work without him responding. Um, it's just maddening. You know, Sarah Kenzier and I talked about this. You know, it's like if this was you, you would obviously jump up and say something if somebody was misrepresenting your work in this way. And it's like it almost feels like there's got to be something else going on if you're not willing to stand up for the two plus years that you've spent, you know, working on this. Uh, and if someone's going to like distort your work in such a blatant way, uh, otherwise, you know, you're obviously OK with it or you're not seeing the danger in front of you at least um yeah glenn greenwald's an interesting case because i used to like greenwald a lot and now i highly suspect that there's something else going on there with him and russia or yeah. something I, I just like i don't see him being a beacon of uh, you know truth and freedom and all that anymore i just see him attacking people that are supposed to be on his own side constantly and i don't see him yeah uh, doing That's... the things that yeah that's something I've noticed for the past couple of years, basically since 2016, mm-hmm. is that, um, you know, I think the there's been a Snowden thing. I thought he did a great job. I was all on board with that. I was like, wow, dude, like, great job. Like, you know, same thing with Assange, honestly. Like, you know, I was like with the Chelsea Manning. That time I was like, wow, OK, uh, bravo. You know, the, the real criminals are the people that prosecuting this illegal war that we were doing. So, yeah, good. Good on you for exposing that. But now it's like, ugh. You're just a conduit. It's interesting how you only seem to expose the secrets of one country. You never seem to expose the secrets of Russia or China or anybody that's actually doing other horrible things around the world. You know, you just only seem to be poking darts at one or throwing darts at one source. And it's like, why is that? You know? Yeah, that's I've seen two interviews he's done in the past month or something with both with uh, Cenk Uger of the Young Turks and. Mm -hmm. I believe with Sam Cedar of the majority report. And I don't know, in both cases, I was, you know, it was infuriating because I felt like he was trying to make the, the host eat humble pie basically. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's going on about, oh, we can't possibly to even do this stuff is risking nuclear war with the other nuclear power in the world. I've never bought that. Like, mm-hmm. I don't buy that. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I, it's just such a red herring. It's like, or not Scare red tactic. herring's not even, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, oh, ooh, the big bad Russia might nuke us if we if we, you know, investigate Trump or if we elect Hillary Clinton because they don't like Hillary Clinton and they would have no choice but to nuke America if we elected mm-hmm. Hillary Clinton. Shut the fuck up. Russia can try that in a dream, right? They wake up what and would, apologize. What, as, <laughs> wake up and apologize. <laughs> yeah. Reservoir dogs. Yes. <laughs> right. Exactly. Harvey exactly. Keitel. But. I'm just saying they're not going to Russia. Number one, Russia is not going to nuke us. Number two, if they do, we're going to have the whole world ready to go to war with them. <laughs> I mean, basically like mm-hmm. that Russia. I, and I know, you know, this is we're, we're we're probably making a lot of enemies with this episode. The Russians are going to be pissed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the the far left is going to be pissed. What the fuck are you? Why are you attacking Green Greenwald? He's the greatest journalist that ever lived. Uh, it's, but, you know, but the fact that I, I watched like a 45 minute interview or something with Glenn Greenwald and he's like doing this kind of mealy mouthed, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't, we can't antagonize Russia, you know, mm-hmm. and you've got people like Jimmy Dore and these people who they've always got a million things that the Democrats have done wrong, but they 
can't seem to find it in themselves to figure out something that Donald Trump has done wrong. Or they'll say, oh, well, obviously I dislike Trump. Okay, well, you want to expound on that a little bit? No, no, it's just very obvious that I dislike him. But I'm going to, you know, spend the next 40 minutes talking about the, what the Democrats did wrong and how it's really, really bad and how we should stop prosecuting Trump on this one issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just love that idea. And also, like, what would Ronald Reagan say, conservatives? <laughs> All this, you know, cozying up to Russia, please. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you hold him up as a saint, and I'm sure he would just, like, be disgusted with all of you. So Yeah, well, you know, Republicans don't tend to do history well. <laughs> they don't tend to integrate it very well with the, you know, mm-hmm. modern facts or whatever, but it's, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, I mean, we've even got Mitt Romney, you know, back in office there saying he's upset or something about the Miller report or something, or he's upset about Trump's behavior or something. It's like, that's not good enough. Has he wrinkled his brow yet? (laughs) I don't know. He's got big brows, but, uh, (laughs) but yeah, the, um, yeah, the, uh, I mean, just even him, you know, we've talked about before, just as 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 recently as what, 20, 2012, the Republicans were not this sanguine about about Russia mm-hmm. and they've just done a total about face and they've forgotten everything they used to know about this country. Mm-hmm. They're talking about a red scare. It's not a red scare. Russia is not communist anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is something, you know, this is. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting that the. The animosity between America and Russia seems to, you know, transcend ideology even. And it may just be a more of an elemental thing of that we're we're just two big dogs in the in the same small town or something. It's like we're gonna fight or something. But mm-hmm. you know, if that's the case, like maybe we should have never taken our foot off their necks after nineteen ninety. Yeah, well, there was that whole end of history argument that it's like, well, all that stuff happened, but now it's a new day, and it's like, no, people were just wait, laying in wait for you to get complacent. Uh, namely among them, Vladimir Putin, <laughs> Mr. KGB, <laughs> KGB now, KGB forever, and, uh, you know, I yeah, think he... Yeah, the GRU. Yeah, yeah exactly, and, uh, you know, anytime, and that's another thing about going back to the Mueller report, it's like... I, I think if you want to go back to uh, Michael Cohen's testimony, it's like uh, Donald Trump speaks in code and I understand that code. Uh, you suggested that the president sometimes communicates his wishes indirectly. Uh, for example, you said, quote, Mr. Trump did not directly tell me to lie to Congress. That's not how he operates, end quote. Can you explain how he does this? Sure. It would be no different if I said, that's the nicest looking tie I've ever seen, isn't it? What are you going to do? Are you going to fight with him? The answer is no. So you say, yeah, it's the nicest looking tie I've ever seen. That's how he speaks. He doesn't give you questions. He doesn't give you orders. He speaks in a code. And I understand the code because I've been around him for a decade. And it's your impression that others who work for him understand the code as well? Most people, yes. Like, that's the that's the thing about these people. They don't say what they want explicitly. They say something, and you're supposed to know that that's what's supposed to happen, like a mob yeah. boss does. Again, I mean, I think we talked about this last time, too, is like, 
you know, I, I think people are having a, you know, I, I mean, I guess conspiracy is a crime of intentionality, right? Mm-hmm. And intentionality is notoriously an almost impossible thing to improve, to prove. But, you know, getting past that, it's just like, well, you know, we can't prove intentionality. We don't know what was going on in Donald Trump's soul when he said, you know, if you're Russia, if you're listening, we just know what happened five hours later. And the Russians thought he meant what he said. You know, the Democrats think he meant what he said. He conveniently now says he doesn't mean he didn't mean what he said. He had no idea what was going on. It's it's just like it's not a matter of we should have to prove what he was thinking. It's just like this is what he did. This is what happened. He benefited. It's like I that that fourth element of what he was thinking when he said it. I don't really care. It's like that's you know. I don't know. I, I I just get I get so worked up over the shit. <laughs> Can't even think hardly. Well, and like uh, you know, in the report, like they're like they're talking about oh, you know, you, you, there was no explicit the you know give and take, you know, tip for tat, uh, you know, whatever. But it's like uh, okay, Vladimir Putin is the richest man in the world. It's not because he has bank accounts that say Vladimir Putin has this much money in his bank account. It's because his violin player or whatever has like a billion dollars, and anytime he wants some money, he just goes to his violin player. Hey, give me some money. And the same thing with these oligarchs that surround him. No one does anything in that country without his say-so. So it's like he's the richest person in the world based on the fact that he can call in any favor he wants at any time and just the same thing with all these other people that are making contact with the the thing it's like we know that these people are spies it's not like this is some you know uh esoteric thing we know that these people are working for him just because it doesn't say that you know there wasn't like a text message from vladimir putin to trump hey you know this that and the third it's like you know mm-hmm. they're going to talk to this person and that person and that person is obviously going to do the thing that this other person wants and you know connect the dots people like it's not that hard you know? <laughs> yeah and i think and i think the thing that even most republicans have come around to is the fact that well okay donald trump may not have known about it or been involved in it but the russians definitely wanted donald trump to be president think about that why did they want that what did they get out of that what are they getting out of that? And do you think that American people should want the same thing? You know, whether or not Donald Trump intentionally, consciously, you know, strategically went out and did anything with the Russians, the fact that Russia wants him to be the president and was overjoyed and celebrating basically on the streets when he won, and they went to this incredible length to accomplish that goal, that alone should tell any patriotic American that maybe we should take a second look at this guy being president and really reconsider that. But they don't, they won't, they won't. So I don't know. I think that's, I think, I just think that's a salient point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> any other thoughts about the the report? I mean, I mean, I haven't finished reading it yet, so I don't really know if I can speak intelligently about anything else in it. I do I do want to get through it at some point here, but I'm sort of waiting for the unredacted version to actually dive in fully. But um, yeah, it's just frustrating. Like we've said before, I don't I didn't need to wait for this report to like figure out what was going on or the fact that this guy is clearly unfit. 
or anything mm -hmm. else. It's just, I don't know why we placed so much stock in this as a country. And it's like, we already knew this, you know, way back when, you know, that this guy was clearly unfit for the job. He's obviously, you know, he, if, if he didn't conspire, he obviously welcomed it. And that mm -hmm. in and of itself is like unconscionable and no one should like turn a blind eye to that. You know, and, and if that's not a crime, I, maybe we need to change our laws because, like, the stuff I'm reading in here, it's like, okay, you can't, you know, 100% say beyond a reasonable doubt. But it's like the preponderance of the evidence. What do you really think happened? Come on. Like, do you, yeah. use your use the smart part of your brain and, like, think about, like, what's the most – Occam's razor. What's the most likely thing? And yeah. it's 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 a no brainer. But like people are acting like, well, we need to have a VHS tape of this happening or, a you know, copy of the emails. And it's like, no, it's like, what is that even going to prove anyway? At the end? Yeah. All the Republicans are going to do is they're going to say, look, even if you can prove this happened, good. I'm glad it wasn't Hillary. I'm glad it was him. I'm glad the Russians did this. I'm glad he accepted their help. I'm, you know, they're, they're going to be happy that it happened. There was a T-shirt that some uh, yahoos were wearing at a Trump rally uh, the other, you know, a couple months ago or maybe a year ago. It was like, I'd rather be a Russian than a Democrat. That's that's the bottom line here. That's that's the bottom of the barrel they're willing to scrape to get out of this. They don't care. There's no like you're you're operating on the fact that you think that they're going to you know be on the same playing field as you. They're not even playing the same game. They don't care. If it put their person in power, good. I welcome it. If it helps me right now, that's enough. That's all they care about. That's the end of their game. Don't think that they're going to give you the same credence if it happens to you or you do anything approaching to that because they're not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, their their hypocrisy has been on full display for several years. But, yeah, it's, and that's that's again, I think I think I saw a headline earlier today that was like uh, Cory Booker is not getting any traction right now or something because his kind of his, you know, bipartisan message. And, you know, let's just get back to when things were normal is not playing well with, you know, pissed off Democrats, rightly not. Um, so yeah, the, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's, we're, we're past the point where these people can be reasoned with. I, I mean, you, I don't think you can really have a conversation. It's, it's, you know, I've talked to some, believe it or not, there are some expats over here who are Republicans or pro Trump. And I don't know, somebody I was, you know, I had worked with a few years ago and stuff like he had, you know, contacted me recently and he's thinking about various things and stuff. And he's lived overseas for several years, but he's talking about, Oh, you know, I don't know, man, I've, I've been learning about the news and stuff from these uh, comment threads below articles on the news and stuff. And <laughs> I've been learning about, I'm like, that's, that's a terrible place to get anything. Of course you can't tell the guy about Russian bots because, Oh, fake news. Oh, bullshit. You know, no, I don't believe that these comments that threads are infested with Russian bots or whoever, whatever else is out there trying to push something. But he's, you know, he's talking about, oh, you know, oh, white, white farmers are getting massacred in South Africa by these blacks and stuff. And I'm worried, you know, and there's going to be a race war and all this shit. And I'm like, ah, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> these people are lost in conspiracy land. The, any any part of their cognizant brains that they could be using to understand the world, they're using instead to defend Donald Trump, which is a full-time job, overtaxes <laughs> them, really. Um, 
but you, you, you know you can't get them you can't nail them down to talk about the details of what's in the report they're like they want to jump onto some other topic like oh well what about this oh what about hillary what about obama or you know oh this th- that's not a crime uh, da, 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 da. it's not right but it's not a crime so you can't you know you can't get them to sit still you can't get them to talk about the details of any particular thing that's in the report um or you know not not that i've talked to them about the report since the reports come out but anytime you try to like nail them down on something well don't you think it was kind of weird or wrong that he did this no they're not going to talk about that thing they want to talk about something else what about you mean oh well what about is one of them yeah mm-hmm. what about or or you know minimalizing oh i just don't think that that's that important i think this other thing is more important or you know you know or oh sometimes oh maybe i just haven't read that much about that one so I could talk about that more after I read about it. Are you going to read about it? Uh, no, but, you know, theoretically, if I studied it, then we could talk about it later. But right now, I can't argue with you about that because I don't know the facts. So we're going to call that one a draw. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're going to we're going to leave that one be and say, you know, you didn't win anything. I didn't lose anything. We'll just call it a draw because I don't know. I'm out of my depth. So it's uh it's hopeless, it's stupid, it's foolish, and I think the Democratic Party needs to find their fucking backbone and start meeting out some some accountability for these people mm-hmm. before it's too late, you know, before we don't have a country anymore. And, uh, you know, you can live in a country that is not a democracy, not a, not a nice place to live, right? You know, the new season mm-hmm. of Game of Thrones will still come out. You'll still be entertained. Businesses will still be developing new technologies and, you know, new iPhones will come out. New things will come out. A lot of the world is not going to be directly uh, affected if America becomes something less than a than a free and democratic country. Right. But, Mm -hmm. you know, what are you losing, though? Really, Mm -hmm. you really got to think about that. And you really got to think about how close we are to losing that stuff. Mm hmm. Not to be alarmist, but I just, I don't know. I don't have a lot of uh, faith in this, uh, this, this going on much longer without, uh, I don't know. The irreparable harm is being done in many areas already. So, Mm -hmm. well, I'm just so glad, you know, I I saw Bill Maher in Indianapolis, uh, you know, the last uh, couple of weeks here. And, uh, you know, one of the things he said that I really thought was good, it was like, uh, I'm just so glad, you know, one thing about Trump, it's like, we never hear about like the dig, you never have to worry about listening to the dignity of the office or, you know, any of these like moral things the Republicans used to say, because it's like Trump has like, Mm -hmm. if we ever get out of this, you know, fingers crossed. We we never have to worry about, you know, listening to them prattle on about these, what are we going to tell the children or, you know, the dignity of the office or any of this kind of stuff. It's like, finally, we can do away with that because it's like you've defended this guy to the death. And it's like now now we can do away with that and we don't even have to worry about it anymore. I hope I hope it's not just the thing where they have selective memory. Of course, they're going to try to do that. But it's like, come on, you guys have thrown yourself totally in with this guy. You know, it's fine. Okay, you you put your stock into that. Now, don't ever say that again. You know, like I never want to hear that again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. I imagine, you know, if if a Democrat wins, 
uh, fingers crossed that, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the first three assassination attempts against a Democratic president will be explained away by, well, you know, the Democrats were pretty nasty to Trump, too. You know, I'm, I, I can almost guarantee that'll be the Fox News talking point or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. It's uh, it's frustrating. I just uh, I'd be I, I hope you can get in touch with like Sarah Kinzier and them again uh, under Chalupa. Uh, those people would be very interesting to hear their their take on this again now in the post uh the post Mueller report situation. Um, I'm sure we'll hear something on Gaslit Nation soon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it'd be great if you could talk to them again, I think. Yeah, I will for sure. So, yeah. So what else is going on, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing much. What music have you been listening to lately? Other than the guy screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the screaming cowboy has been a, uh, Helping me get through a lot of things these days. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, God. What, I don't know. What else have I been listening to? Uh, uh, let's see. A um, little bit of K-pop. Super Junior, Sorry, Sorry. Uh, when I play Dead or Alive 6, which is out now and I'm playing online, I find that sometimes you can really get into that, you know, get into the zone when you're fighting somebody and stuff. If you got some pumping music and so a little bit of K-pop. Uh, Phil Collins. Uh, <laughs> what's that song? Uh, Phil Collins. What are, what are some of Phil Collins' hits? I'm, I'm trying to think of this song and I can't. Think uh, in the Air Tonight, Susu no. Studio. Both good, but no. Uh, 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 well, you did songs with Genesis. Too. Easy, Easy Lover. Easy Lover. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of a nice, nice little tune. So that one. Um, also, Marilyn Manson's uh, theme song to the Resident Evil, the first Resident Evil movie, basically like one of the only good ones. Uh, but it's a, it's a very creepy, creepy like kind of techno electronic kind of thing. It's, it's got this really feeling like it's, like it's dragging you down and down, but it's also lifting you up at the same time. <laughs> is, is it is Bruno? Ali G Bruno. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so check out the Resident Evil uh Resident Evil theme from the first movie by Marilyn Manson. I'm not really big on Marilyn Manson's music. I don't really get it or whatever, but this song feels quite different to me, probably because mm. it was for something that had to be commercially viable. Not that he wasn't commercially viable in the late nineties, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. A so, lot yeah, of people those, in our high school seem to think he was pretty commercially viable. So, yeah, nothing wrong with that. I just, I just didn't get it. I guess I didn't get his music very well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I didn't listen to that or Slipknot or any of that stuff. Yeah, those were all roads that we didn't really go down. Oh. and I've tried to go down them <laughs> in the years since, and I'm like, I missed this or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 1999, like, I mean, I don't know. There was catchy music and stuff, but when you look back on it as far as musical depth, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, you know, somebody could get in the comments or something and, you know, list like 20 songs that were revolutionary or something, but it was like, it was kind of just a wacky time. <laughs> a lot of that new metal and the, like, oh, yeah. the, the rock rap kind of crossover stuff that was trying to happen and Corey just kind of died in the, uh, died in the crib or whatever how the expression goes <laughs> that, that's not the right expression is it 
<laughs> Could be now, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, what is that? Died in uh, the, the manger? The... Smother manger? <laughs> Not no. the manger. No, that's Jesus. Easter. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a different story. <laughs> okay. No, what's that's the, a different what's the story metaphor? of uh, death. I think it's smothered in the crib. That's Man, that's pretty horrible when you think about it. <laughs> so... Yeah. It's pretty dark, okay. <laughs> but that's uh, but it's not very horrible when you think about new metal, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't know. It's uh, well, when you think about it, like I don't know though. Um, for example, somebody who's become regrettably political over the past couple of years, Kid Rock, mm. <clears throat> and I think like Kid Rock is. I don't know. He's a bad he's a bad human being, I think we can say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and some of his music was really bad, but like some of his music off that first album was not terrible. Not his first album, like his fifth album or something. But yeah. Okay, whatever it was. Yeah, I, I don't know what he did before that, I guess. Well, but... his first album was uh, produced by Too Short and it came out in the early 90s and he was supposed to be like the uh, answer to uh, Vanilla Ice. Oh, okay. It didn't well, work it out. Him. Took him a couple years to achieve yeah. anything like that. that but then he did the rap rock thing, and it all exploded for him. And now he's a country artist, so any possible future senator from Michigan, <laughs> if we're not careful. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. I'm thinking about like um, I don't know. Yeah, he had some. He had some. He had some songs like not not necessarily like what was it, the Bowie Dabata or whatever <laughs> the cowboy. I'm, I'm talking about the Ball deep the, the deeper cuts. I'm talking about the deeper cuts, Bob, off that album. Uh, uh, only God knows why. Uh, that was a single. Trying to think what else was on there. Um, was, was it? Uh, wasting time. Bull. Yeah, wasting time. I am the bull god. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. Off that yeah. one. Yeah. There's some interesting stuff, but it's unfortunate what he's doing now. I guess. Mm-hmm. I think he went golfing with Trump like two weeks ago or something. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's. <laughs> Oh boy! Did you watch the Tiger this... Woods thing? Uh, no, I don't care about sports or golf or anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't really either. But I watched kind of like the highlights and stuff. And I mean, like that guy, that guy can hit a ball. Like you know, <laughs> if, if I was gonna say if he was gonna be drafted in the military, I would like definitely put him in like an artillery unit. <laughs> if that if that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, this guy. I mean, he was like launching a thing and it was like going through trees and it was going exactly where he wanted it and it was just like one sometimes two sometimes one more hit after that and it's in the hole and i'm like dude that would probably take me about i don't know maybe less than 10 but at least around 10 hits to get it anywhere near there it's like i imagine i if you didn't go in the water or whatever in the meantime yeah i well i mean all things accounted for I, i imagine it would take a long time for me to get anywhere near the hole but this guy's just like putting it in there, and it's like it was. I, I'm not gonna lie, it was impressive. I don't give a damn about golf, but it was, you know, when you watch somebody who's good at doing what they do do it, it's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. And I guess the guy didn't win anything since 2005 or something, so it's been like 15 years or 16 years or something. And mm-hmm. what? No, 14 years. Mm-hmm. Terrible at math. Yep. <laughs> When you watch somebody doing something they're really good at doing, and then you watch me do math, it's very disappointing, Bob. It's that new math. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was I was you know impressed, and I think it's you know 
I don't know. He's had some personal failings in his life and that's very disappointing and it's unfortunate for his family, but it's like, it's, you know, it's good to see somebody who, you know, he didn't lose it. Right. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's good to see. We're getting into our upper mid thirties, Bob. It's good to see people who didn't lose it. Right. Yep. Our birthday's in yep. nine days. So yeah. Oh, happy mm-hmm. birthday. Thanks. Yeah. You guys have anything planned? Uh, just eating steak and tacos. That's all I know right now, but. <laughs> okay. Is the steak going to be in the tacos or is this like separate, separate, separate entrees? We'll see, we'll see where the wind takes us, but. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, anyways, yeah, I don't know. I've the, the, the Miller report, the music, I'd, I don't know much else here, I guess, but, uh, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, staying up to uh, to chat. And uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm gonna try to read the rest of this report, and hopefully by the yeah. time we talk again, I'll have some more things to say about it. And hopefully we'll hear from the man himself, in front of Congress or something. But Jesus? Yes, him. <laughs> <laughs> Trump? Robert, Robert, <laughs> yes, Trump is Jesus. <laughs> uh, Mueller? Okay. I don't know who hear from the man himself in front of Congress. I don't know who we're talking about. I don't know. <laughs> who, who we're gonna who we're gonna bring before it. <laughs> but yeah. And also, Bob, I think you should let us know, like let the readers know as like as a non legal mind, how is it reading this? Because I think that there's a an intimidation factor with the Mueller report. Certainly in my case, and I imagine I'm speaking for thousands, if not millions, but you know, I'd love to read the report, but four hundred pages is a tall order. Especially yeah. when it's going to probably be like all legalese and stuff. Well, I mean, I have heard that it's more like a counterintelligence document than it is like a legal oh, thing. Oh, well, then that, that'll be easy because I'm over here with the CIA, Bob. <laughs> so, well, clearly. We, we I, already I know knew that. All, yeah. Oh, counterintelligence sounds much easier. I'm just <laughs> is, is this humant or sigint? <laughs> right. Exactly. So, I don't have any more terms that I can come back with. Those are the only ones I know too. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's that. I think it's good. I stopped there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, but I, I I'd be genuinely curious to hear like how challenging or difficult or you know boring or interesting it may be, or if there are any you know highlighted sections that might be worth perusing just on their own. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, cool. yeah. All right, well, uh, I think we got another one in the can here, Bob. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Sorry, I got to go to the bathroom. All right, well, have a good night, Jeff. <laughs> All right, yeah, have a good night, Bob. Talk to you later.
If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.